1: This is a Manhattan-bound B-Express train. The next stop is Grand
0: Street. Mind the gap. Hello, I'm John Elledge, and this is Skylines, the Citymetric podcast. I'm probably going to cough my way through this one. I have an absolutely stinking cold and it's bloody freezing outside. So basically, I'm feeling really sorry for myself and can't be bothered to do anything. So I've cunningly dragged my colleague, our environmental writer, India Book, into kind of talk to me about the weather hello indy how are you
1: i'm good actually although i think last time i came on you were also sick <laughs> <It's> <laughs> i hope it's not some weird coincidence are we
0: uh, i mean do i need to be worried about this are you are you like poisoning me in an effort to kind of steal my podcast and possibly mind my, my life in fact, <laughs> is this
1: i would love your life but no
0: <laughs> okay well well that's 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 a thought that's gonna fester <laughs> so yeah as i say it's i think i think in london right now it's this, the coldest week of the winter so far, which isn't saying that much because we don't tend to get particularly extreme weather here. But it's it's sort of bouncing around the freezing point, and there's a lot of coldness out there, isn't there? Isn't it? Isn't it cold? Isn't it? A so cold much world cold,
1: coldness out there, coldness in the office, coldness in my house, particularly. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of cold, which is appropriate because
0: because one place that is particularly cold at the moment is South Korea. I was really, I was, I was really hoping you were going to do the heavy lifting of pronouncing um, Pyeongchang, Pyo- Pyeongchang. Pyeongchang.
1: Pyeongchang. I, Pyeongchang. Okay. Um, let's go with that. <laughs>
0: okay, which is uh, where we've just had the uh, the opening ceremony for the Winter Olympics
1: tomorrow.
0: Oh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, so we've not had it. This is this is kind of a measure of quite how much attention that <laughs> I'm paying to to the world of sports.
1: Are you a winter sports fan, John?
0: I'm not really. No, I mean. So, so here's my thing. I've often quite liked the idea of, of skiing, but not the skiing part. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, like the idea what of part
1: of skiing. Do the idea does not skiing? of not skiing.
0: Being in a snowy mountain. This the after chairlift. ski. No, no, a chairlift's frightening <laughs> me. No, no, but like the bit where you're kind of in a snowy mountain village, and there's a roaring fire, and some fondue. Uh, no, cheese. Well, a of cheese, but hot chocolate and hot booze that I can get behind. Fair enough. So that, that stuff does always sound very appealing to me, but it feels like it would be quite self-indulgent to go on a holiday <laughs> to have those things without doing the sort of skiing parts. So I've never, I've just never done it. Are you a, you, a, you a winter sports person? Are you a, are you, are you...
1: I love watching the Olympic Winter Games. From when I was little, I loved the ice skating, dancing, both of them, all of them.
0: Were you bitten by a radioactive Torville or Dean as a, as a child?
1: Oh, I remember Torville and Dean. Right. Like, icons but uh no i love all of it the the crazy downhill racing the slaloms the jumps how do how do they throw themselves off that jump i do not know
0: so is is, is that the appeal the sort of the, the the unspoken possibility that something horrible might happen oh,
1: i'm actually writing about that this week um about fear
0: you're writing about how much pleasure you get out of watching horrible things happen to people on mountain (laughs) sides
1: not quite not quite um that's a different that's a different thing but i think that the fear factor is certainly part of the winter games appeal and obviously being in south korea this year with the, the the looming threat of much bigger fears Obviously, nuclear war, but also <laughs> more in my in my territory, climate change, you know there's, there's a lot to be more nervous about than usual maybe
0: so so just just before I mean we're mostly going to talk about weather, but before we get into that, like something i I hadn't appreciated till recently about about Korean geography is that Seoul, which is I think it's the second biggest conurbation in the world, it's certainly up there. It's like about 20 million people. It's an enormous population. And they're only about 15 kilometres from the demilitarised zone. Mm. It's really, really very close to the border with yeah. with a country with a very dodgy regime that has nuclear weapons and kind of wants to kill them. Yeah. And I found that terrible. I mean, that's like having that—that's like having a sort of nuclear-armed enemies of, of London's population in South End or something, which is a bit yeah. like, yeah. That's, that's baffling that people can just go about their daily lives like that.
1: Well, it is, and that's what people do, but that's, that's one of the reasons the games is going to be so special this year. Is that the North Koreans and South Koreans are competing on the same hockey team? Um, there's a, a North Korean figure skating pair who you hope, are hoping to do quite well, and it's, it's, it's actually a really lovely atmosphere, considering you know the wider context has not been so great recently.
0: Actually, this is something I can get behind. Is that like, I don't really get sport at all. Like I'm just I'm missing whatever gene it is that makes you a proper boy that cares about things like this. Uh, but but the, something I do quite like is the kind of political aspects to it. Mm, so like exactly. I found it like during the, the 2012 London Olympics. There's a display you get at the beginning When all the teams come out I mm. found it very interesting watching which, which national teams were getting cheered By, mm. by the London Stadium audience mm. And generally speaking like European ones did pretty well um, The Americans and Australians got a big cheer The Indians got a big cheer And occasionally, and then I don't know. I just found it kind of interesting to see like which which nations people are saying they like.
1: You like the Eurovision side of the Olympics then?
0: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I love. No, I I I, I shouldn't, but I do kind of love Eurovision just because it's like I, I, it's just a really great excuse to get drunk and send sarcastic tweets, and that's really all I want out of life.
1: Or to segue back onto weather. Weather, yes. When they when they come into the opening into the stadium tomorrow. It's going to be exceptionally cold, so cold they are handing out warm like heated blankets the u s team are turning up in in coats that somehow have heaters inside them
0: that's amazing
1: just you know cross your fingers no one's get no one catches fire um no they've so part of the problem is that because they're tearing down the stadium after the games they've not put a quite sensibly you know haven't put too much money in it or built a roof over or anything so it's going to be very cold but also um, South Korea is having an exceptionally cold winter right now
0: so how cold are we talking like can you give us numbers
1: um about so in daytime I think it's been hovering around minus five degrees celsius but it's the wind factor the wind chill factor that's really making it just feel like like the arctic I mean the, the competitors are complaining all over the shop on twitter um there there's even reports that the ski, some of the skis have had to be thrown out because they they're warping because the ice is the snow is so cold
0: that feels like a design flaw to me, like skis <laughs> that can be damaged by, by cold I know, weather.
1: I know. I know. I mean, mostly in recent years with the Olympics, we're used to hearing the problem of there not being enough snow. And in Sochi in Russia last time, it was it was too warm. Everything was melting. This year, it's too cold, although actually there hasn't been much snow either so the snow cannons may still be having to produce a load of artificial stuff um so so yeah the general like climate change trends are not not boding well for the concept of the winter olympic games
0: so yeah according to these 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 notes which you very efficiently put together for me because i'm too lazy to do my own research um it's it's about minus 20 degrees c at night in pyeongchang at the moment which is i mean i was just complaining about how cold it is in london now i just checked it's about 7 degrees out that's like
1: Mm-mm.
0: and that I'm, I'm not enjoying that very much so like minus 20 that's insane
1: i i must have i must have read that somewhere if i put it in the notes yeah. but um what i read most recently was the coldest olympic games on record is minus 11 degrees and it's not that at the minute but it is the wind chill factor that is right. making it feel like um, like it's a lot, lot colder.
0: So it feels like there's this... even the
1: Canadians are complaining.
0: Yeah. Oh, or do you want, do you want my favourite Canada fact?
1: Which <laughs> always, I've just been, always been hoping to
0: sneak in somewhere <laughs> So more than half the population of Canada lives south of Milan. Like we think of Canada as this kind of northern country, but but most of its population lives in, like about on the level with northern Italy.
1: I'm just trying to do like the geographical gymnastics in my head to work yeah, that out. It's, it's that doesn't it's make like, any sense. Canada's no, above us. We're above Italy.
0: No, no, Canada is not above us. This is oh. this is it. It's We're the, re- it's the oh. Gulf Stream. Like okay. Europe, Europe is freakishly temperate for somewhere this far north.
1: Yes, yes, I do. Yes.
0: So, like New York City is about on the level with with Madrid, which is like southern Europe. But it's it's like even though Canada is huge and goes like all the way to the Arctic. It's two biggest cities, are Toronto and Montreal, which are Mm. both in the kind of southern bit Mm. that sort of dips into being level Mm. with the northern United States. Mm. So half the population is in kind of that bit Mm. that's very close to the US border, which is actually about on the level with southern France, northern Italy. I just find that kind of mind blowing.
1: It it is, yeah. Well, the Gulf Stream is also pretty mind blowing, (laughs) which might actually be part of the explanation for why it's so cold at the minute.
0: So where else is it cold? I, I hear I hear there there are other places that are cold ac- uh, according to these notes.
1: <laughs> Moscow is very cold. <laughs> Moscow's had a load of snow, like a lot of snow.
0: Is that not normal? You kind of like Moscow is is pretty snowy, isn't it? That's a thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, according to all the films I watched about it, it's pretty snowy. But they've had so much snow, I can't remember what the exact fact is. It's something like three months in twenty four hours. Was that it?
0: I don't. I don't know. Whoever compiled these notes didn't. Uh, didn't, didn't feel. <laughs> didn't see fit to include that. But that sounds crazy. Heaviest
1: right. in a hundred years. That was it. Heaviest in a hundred years, and it's it's really kind of messing up the city for somewhere that you would think is used to snow. Um, that oh, it's just the armies had to come in to help out. A pa- power lines collapsed and and sadly killed someone. It's. It's not, for someone there, it is meant to be used to snow. It's, it, you know, they are struggling a bit.
0: So, so what I'm taking from all this is that um, global warming is a myth. <laughs> and that we don't, we don't need to, global cooling, that's our problem. We don't need to, like Donald Trump was right, right?
1: In the words of Trump, there is a cooling and there is a heating. <laughs> um, as he told Piers Morgan in Davos the other day, um, the problem is that most places are getting warmer. Um, so 2017 was the hottest, um, year on record without an El Nino after, you know, many, many years where it's just been getting hotter and hotter. Um, in the UK, the Met Office says that 2003's record summer where it was 38 degrees Celsius, um, that will be the norm by 2040 on, like, medium level forecasts of, of climate change. Um...
0: That was hot. A lot of people died. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of... (laughs) It was it was old people dying of dehydration. It wasn't like people like literally bursting into flames. So like, I'm I'm really not explaining this well. <laughs> but but what I'm what I'm getting at is like you know deaths from extreme weather. Uh, it's kind of an exaggeration of deaths that happen all the time, right? So like mm. January, an enormous number of older people die in January because it, they die of other conditions, but it's exacerbated by the cold weather. Yeah.
1: And yes. it's a similar
0: thing with like and while, extreme heat, right? Absolutely.
1: And while you know, while as a as a global phenomenon it's getting warmer, some places are getting colder, and that to track back to our jet stream is is poss- is related to, to how those kind of currents work. So um so the jet stream works, it usually stays quite stable if so it's kind of conditioned by two things the very cold Arctic but in the north. And then the warmer temperatures of the south.
0: So, sorry, can we take this back a level? What sure. exactly is the jet stream? It's is a that... load
1: of winds that go okay. from west to east right. all the way around the globe.
0: Okay, okay, gotcha.
1: And those, I'm, I'm no scientist, but I believe those blow stronger when the difference it, between the cold Arctic and the warm tropics is greater. So, so, so that's like more steady and it keeps right. them more separate. But when the difference between the cold and the warm temperatures is smaller, the jet stream gets weaker and it starts. It starts to get kinky and bend. And when it starts to bend, then place then the cold Arctic air can dip down into more southern, like more normally warmer temperatures um, or climates. So someone called Jennifer Francis from the University of Rutgers, um, she's argued that. Um, the loss of so much sea ice cover in the Arctic in just thirty years—that means that t- temperatures in the Arctic are warmer, which means the difference between the north between the cold and the warm temperatures is is less. Am I losing you? I can see your no, no, eyes blazing no, over. Is, no,
0: This is really interesting. Sorry, I'm just trying to think of what to say. <laughs> I, I am
1: mean, <laughs> going to say,
0: I'm gonna have to say something clever in response to this in a second. I'm just planning ahead. So, so less, so less ice cover means. I think I'm right in saying it's less. The ice cover reflects heat back, right? So, like, if you have a lot of ice cover, it, it, it's cooler because you're literally reflecting the sunlight back. It's the al- al- albedo effect, is that the thing?
1: The less ice essentially means the warmer the Arctic is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it's,
0: but it's a reinfo- It's a reinforcing. Mm, that's not just a symptom. That's a cause. Mm, is the point. Mm, like, mm. So like once yeah. the once you once you lose ice, like you, it, it gets warmer.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Arctic's warming, which means it's at most, It's the temperatures there are. I mean, they're still much colder, but they are relatively similar to the you know, warmer southern tropical mm. temperatures. Which means the jet streams weaker. Which means it starts to. Do more unusual things that are harder pre- to predict. So the science around this is still in debate, still being studied, they are still getting results for it. But that is a factor in why it's so cold at the Olympic Games right now.
0: So in in the longer term, is there a danger we could lose the Gulf Stream altogether? Because wow. <laughs> no, I mean, this is because as we were sort touching on, like Europe is actually a lot more temperate than places like like South Korea. Is also a long way south of Europe, right? Mm. Or like it's level with Southern Europe, or something. But like somewhere like somewhere like the UK, it, if you kind of like go directly east or west from it, you're generally sort of tracking through some pretty cold places in Canada or Siberia, mm, mm, mm. and it's it's kind of weird that we get such such warm, mm. gentle weather as we do, and that's because of the Gulf Stream. Mm, mm. Is 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 climate change going to do something horrible to Europe's climate by kind of killing that? Is that a thing?
1: According to them, the that horror movie what's it called you know not horror uh, movie the day after tomorrow the day after tomorrow. the day after tomorrow. yes um people have written about that a bit and it, it it it's again it's a factor it will it will have an effect but there's a couple of um there's a couple of factors that kind of will be working in concert which i can't um, remember off the top of my head but it's, <laughs> is it,
0: i guess the point is it's a complex system and like we don't really know some of this stuff right like you can tell it's going to have all sorts of unknown effects but it's actually quite difficult to work out all these different the
1: global weather is certainly a complex system but there are definite trends that you that scientists have already you know read into that for certain and one of those is that you know the global temperature is growing up is going up and weather of all kinds including cold temperatures is becoming more unpredictable and more extreme
0: it's also worth saying at this point that while we've been talking about how cold it is in, in the Northern Hemisphere, in the Southern Hemisphere, which is obviously in, in high summer at the moment, it's it's pretty damn hot as well, isn't it? So, like, I mean... It is. What's what's going on in Cape Town? Right?
1: So, Cape Town is... everyone's waiting for this approaching day zero, which sounds very day after tomorrow-ish, um, and the date for it keeps changing, but... I think the latest is it's scheduled to be the May the eleventh and on May the eleventh, Cape Town's going to run out of water. It's not going to totally run out of water. Well I mean it means that dam storage, so the amount of water in the dams is going to reach thirteen point five percent. Um, which is kind of so low that there's just not gonna be enough for the city to function like a normal city. So um so on the so on the one hand you're kind of like, oh, you know, no one's gonna like not have any water to drink, but actually this is this is massive and just hasn't is unprecedented so
0: what do you i mean what does that mean i mean presumably like it's activities that require a lot of water like you know baths or car washes or whatever get banned or something i don't know i'm they've, asking
1: people right. so there was already loads of measures in place people are being asked to you know, massively conserve water they, they've created a song that you can sing for two it's a two minute long song and that's the amount of time you're meant to spend in the shower. Um,
0: Would you like to give us a rendition of this song? I
1: haven't heard it, so sadly.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, that was worth a try.
1: Um,
0: Stephanie once managed to get me to sing The Only Fools and Horses Fiend Shin on this podcast, and I've been hoping to take my revenge on someone ever since.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think I escaped this time. But, um, yeah, so also it's going to obviously affect Rich Area's much more than poor areas a quarter of cape town's population already only use 4.5 percent of the water and most of that is from communal taps um so this is gonna in terms of having to change their lifestyle this is gonna hit the people who have swimming pools and water their lawns and wash their cars every week um so that it's, it's, it's the rich people it's a tale of two change, cities basically. as well yeah, yes sure. but but everyone everyone will be impacted um what's interesting in cape town is there a bit of a debate has arisen as to why the waters got so low. obviously there's been a drought like an ongoing drought for a, a couple of years um But some people say, well, the population's also risen, which is putting more pressure on the water resources. Uh, You know, agriculture hasn't been being managed well. There's all these new invasive species. Like, so a while ago, they planted loads of pine forests because that was good for the timber industry. But no one really thought, thought through the fact that pine trees use a lot of water, more than native species. So that's had an impact. And then there's a whole debate about kind of political mismanagement because Cape Town is run by the... Um, opposition party, the Democratic Alliance, whereas um, the African National Congress runs the rest of the country. So there's a whole load of conversation about that the national government wasn't pulling their weight in responding to the crisis early enough. But saying all that, someone called Pietra, I definitely can't pronounce this, Pietra Wolski, a water scientist at the University of Cape Town, yeah, he studied the kind of trends of the Of the drought and compared it to past rainfall and he says it's a one in 300 year event and this trend but there's also a trend towards lower rainfall over the past 84 years and that you know could be tied to climate change.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So we're going to get back to the weather in a second. But just before we do a little bit of housekeeping, excitingly, or excitingly if you're me anyway, I can't speak for the audience, in a couple of weeks, Skylines is going to be doing its first ever live show. We'll be doing that, I say we, it's really me. I'll be doing that at the New Local Government Network's annual conference in London's Guildhall on Thursday the 22nd of February. Uh, it is a ticketed conference, so sadly you can't just swing by without sticking your hand in your pocket. And it's, it's, I'm not going to lie, the tickets are not that cheap. I don't think people are paying for these tickets specifically to come and watch me podcast, alas. But if you if you are going to be at the NLGN conference, then uh, yeah, pop along. It'd be good to it'd be good to see. You. So, what are cities doing about all this? I mean, like cities can't magically address the climate problem. I mean, they can they can do their bit, but like they can't sort of suddenly fix things. But what, what can cities do to kind of cope with these sudden changes in weather?
1: So, cities have started doing something. Extremely exciting. I realize. I realize as I say, extremely exciting. That sounds. No, no, sorry, that sounds sorry, incredibly no. geeky. But no, no. this
0: is this, this podcast is a safe space. You're allowed to be <laughs> excited about about urban resilience <laughs>
1: policy. Well. Um. So, I I just think it's fascinating that cities are the ones, the government, city governments, not national governments, not international governments. Well, maybe international governments with the with the climate change treaty, but it's city governments that are the ones. Actually, suing fossil fuel companies—I mean, that's a huge thing to do. I mean, just think of like the tobacco industry and how that was—you know—litigated against and you know finally kind of exposed. And um, it's city, it's city mayors and city governments who are the ones taking this on now.
0: So, so which which cities are doing this? I've missed this story.
1: So this, so last month, um, New York made a big splash by coming out. And saying, right, Bill de Blasio, the mayor, said, right, we're going to um, launch a lawsuit against the five largest fossil fuel producers, publicly listed fossil fuel producers. Um, so that's BP, Chevron, Concoco, Phillips, Shell and ExxonMobil, I think. And they said, right, we're going to sue them because... Climate change is causing us a hell of a headache, and a l- we're going to have to spend so much money. They've already kind of um, been adapting the city, you know, creating parks by the water so there's kind of a, to, to mitigate flood risk. Um, obviously, Hurricane Sandy caused so much damage. And yeah, there's those shocking
0: pictures of like metro uh, subway stations literally underwater. Yeah,
1: I know. I, I went to New York a, a few years after Hurricane Sandy, and, and I still feel like they haven't totally cleaned up the subway. And you know that that those kinds of events, climate science proves that they are more likely to happen again. And it's yeah, they've just gone. Sorry, guys, this is this is caused by you, and you knew about this before you know a long time ago, and you haven't you didn't change your ways um so
0: as we record it's Thursday the 9th of february what's the state of this what's happening with with this lawsuit what stage is it at
1: so they filed the lawsuit and other places have followed them in doing that then they weren't the first um san francisco and a couple of other governments local governments in california had already done this so new york wasn't the first but it's looks like it's certainly not going to be the last and actually um just a few days ago the mayor of paris Anne hidalgo uh and kind of activist environmental organization called 350 reported that paris is also looking into the possibility of launching such a such a such a legal suit
0: could london do something similar or is it like like British cities don't have the same kind of powers as a lot of international cities is the first question in my mind. I don't know if this is something that, that Sadiq Khan actually has the ability to do. Do we know anything about that?
1: It's something I really am keen to look more into. Obviously, it's not something that's being talked about at all as a possibility. In fact, the kind of other thing that New York has announced and a lot of other cities announced is, you know, a really big push to divest... Um, city pension funds from fossil fuel companies now Sadiq Khan has also said that London is doing this but so far it's only sold off about half of its fossil fuel assets which many people don't think is nearly enough and so it's quite it's a bit feeling like London's on the back foot of all of this at the minute so yeah Sadiq Khan needs to come up with come up with something special soon
0: Well, there's something to think about. I I would like to end this this podcast on a a slightly happier note. Um, Not happier in the sense of solving the the climate crisis. Obviously, we can't do anything about that. But happier in the sense of uh, me actually knowing things and asking you questions and see it and because frankly Tell I've been, we're
1: being cold my my, my heart's just like chilled with oh no I'm gonna be tested I do, I
0: do, I've just been sat here the whole thing going, I know nothing about any of this but but now I've got I've got the answers to these questions so I'm gonna do here's a little quiz for you a little temperature quiz what is the hottest city in the world do you think
1: okay so I have no idea but I enjoy guessing
0: go on give us a guess
1: hottest city in the world um i'll give you a clue yeah continent
0: it's not london
1: (laughs) thanks ron okay okay, (laughs) although this podcasting room is pretty pretty hot right now um
0: probably probably asia is probably the continent
1: what do you mean probably cities don't well there's no city that's in two continents
0: okay well (laughs) you say this but hang on istanbul is a city that is very clearly in two continents. All right, all right. So, you know, so is it Istanbul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not Istanbul. <laughs> okay. it, it, it's it's that like it kind as as so often on on city metric related content, uh, it depends how you count. <laughs> Um, the 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 so sort the of city that's kind of hottest on average, as in like you know, if you just look at its temperature across the whole year, seems to be Bangkok mm-hmm. because although it's uh, the highs are not the world's highest, it never really cools down. It doesn't get colder. Mm. It doesn't cool down at night. It doesn't get cold in winter. So so its average temperature is probably around thirty degrees C, which is unusual. Nice. But in terms of which cities get the, the, the record highs, like which cities get the, the highest temperatures, it's probably a Middle Eastern city, mm. possibly Kuwait city, Mm-mm. where you get over 50 degrees sometimes, Gosh. which is crazy. It's
1: unbearable.
0: Okay, do you, can you make a guess at coldest city in the world?
1: Somewhere in like Iceland?
0: No, you kind of, I mean... I'll, I'll,
1: Canada? Somewhere in Canada?
0: No, keep Somewhere work. in Russia? Yes, I knew you get, you get there in the end.
1: Somewhere in Siberia?
0: Yeah, probably. Um, again, it's like it's it's slightly different depending on which measure you're taking, but it's pr- it, it'll be a Russian city, uh, very close to the Arctic Circle, possibly yeah. just inside it. There's the, no- Norilsk.
1: Seriously, the, we're all going to have to start learning the names of these, you know, extremely northern news? Russian cities. Oh, I think we're all going to be moving there. Oh well, okay, I mean, well, I mean, that's maybe that's that's a bit much. But um, what I mean is that. You know the Arctic is warming, and Russia and China, you know, well Russia particularly is, is developing all these cities at a, p- at a pace really, um, and you know moving people there, even though it's still incredibly cold at the minute. But they're they're really planning ahead.
0: So as it stands, the the city of Yakutsk, which which is about the size of Derby, so not not tiny, uh, that's got an average temperature of about minus nine. Um, but that's been growing pretty quickly. Yeah, like yeah. that was, you know, it's, exactly. it's only recently become the size of Derby. It used to be a lot smaller than Derby. Exactly.
1: Actually. If the Arctic becomes, you know, in this massive shipping route, it's going to be a lot of money to be made, yeah. and by in all these cities. Well, maybe those are where the jobs that are going shipping to be after. Shipping and extraction, and you know, mining and everything.
0: The coldest city that that you're likely to have actually heard of it is probably Ulaanbaatar, the capital of Mongolia. Uh, oh,
1: what a beautiful.
0: Where, Name for a city. Yeah, where in January the daily mean can be as low as minus 20. But it does, you know, it does at least give a summer unlike, you know, Yututsk, Um Which I, I think I've pronounced two or three different ways by now. <laughs> okay, just what, what do you reckon is the, the coldest temperature ever recorded in the UK?
1: Mm, not including wind chill.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I'm assuming not. Probably not.
1: Maybe like minus 15.
0: Apparently, the, the single coldest is minus 27. Wow. Which is somewhere in, in Scotland. M- yeah, most, <laughs> as you'd expect, most of the coldest temperatures have been in Scotland, although confusingly, a couple of them are in the Midlands. I don't know why we skipped the north.
1: It's probably like minus think. 15 in Scotland today. I don't know yeah. why. That was a terrible answer. <laughs> terrible guess.
0: And what about, okay, just, just to complete this out, what do you reckon the record high is? Mm,
1: like 40. Not, not
0: bad, 38.5 in, right, yeah. in Faversham, which is in Kent, just outside London. In, in
1: was, was that 2003? That was 2003, yeah. that was
0: that like crazily hot yeah, summer yeah, of yeah, 2003, yeah. Yeah. which I quite liked. I really liked the crazy hot I summer. I remember it, what happened? You're not that young, surely you can, like, you must have been, what, the 60s
1: Pre-uni, yeah. And, yeah.
0: I was, yeah, I was already living in London, It was like I kind of like London in the hot weather. It's like, like...
1: I think it must have been around the time of GCSEs in which... Nothing your, else is remembered apart from yeah. You your know. mind
0: is on other things. But yeah, you no, know, I like the way London sort of wakes up when the sun comes out, and like in any patch of greenery is suddenly covered in people lounging around drinking beer. And I just, I kind of respect.
1: Look at us reminiscing yeah. about how you. <laughs> those, those were the days. I mean, we're, we're
0: always going to be doing that. It's going to be like you know, we used, we used it's Only going to get. Do you worse. remember rain? Do you remember we used to get rain? Yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next time.